The Denver Broncos have solidified their quarterback room. Who is going to be the backup to the new starter in Denver? Russell Wilson plus the Denver Broncos have made a move at the linebacker position. Does this mean that they are out on any other potential linebackers in free agency? Plus, a couple of Broncos have restructured their contracts to free up cap space. What does this mean, and can we anticipate any more moves to happen with the Denver Broncos this week in NFL free agency? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Good morning, wherever you're at, all across Broncos country. Welcome back into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Benninger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to us here on YouTube. Once we get to 10K, we're doing a Russell Wilson Color Rush jersey giveaway. Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, my friend, hey, we got a busy week ahead of us here once again. NFL free agency continues with Wave 2, but will the Denver Broncos be active? That is a big question mark that many Broncos fans are pounding the table for on Twitter. They want the Broncos to make more moves, but I think we got to put it in perspective, Sarah. The moves that Denver's made so far, they've been pretty good. Yeah, they can make a couple more, man, but you know what? Things are starting to shape out a little bit for this team, and now... The Broncos have their backup quarterback for the 2022 NFL season. They do. They do. Josh Johnson coming in. Man, I I joked in our uh, predominantly orange slot, Cody, that Josh Johnson has basically played for half the NFL at this point. Well, in fact, he has dressed up if practice squad or training camp invite or whatever. He's played for 14 NFL teams in that regard. So it's pretty amazing. I mean, I assume that most NFL players have like a wall like you do, Cody, of the jerseys of the teams they've played for, you know, somewhere in their home. And I feel like Josh Johnson, wherever he calls home at this point, I bet he's got one of the coolest jersey walls there ever was, you know, all of them with his own name on it. It's like. Man, he's a well-traveled man, but at the same time, you know, I remember, and this is how, this is going to make me seem super, super old, Cody, but back when I was about to graduate high school, I still remember reading NFL Draft magazines where they were talking about San Diego quarterback Josh Johnson, and so I remember being kind of a fan of his back in the draft process. Obviously, you know, he's become kind of a journeyman backup quarterback in the NFL, but I mean, that's that's a pretty good paying gig if you can get it. So I think it's exciting to have him in Denver. He seems to be excited to be there. And look, he's backing up Russell Wilson. So, I mean, he's got to be a good addition to that quarterback room if they all agreed upon bringing him in. Just some perspective here for Broncos country. Here's how long he's been in the National Football League. Obviously drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2009. Guess who the Broncos drafted in 2008? Eddie Royal. Like, that's how long it has been here. But this is interesting, though, Sarah, and I think that this is kind of questionable, too. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, in the league for five straight seasons. Then he disappears. He's not on a roster for five years. The next reappearance we saw him was in Washington in 2018 as a backup. He got some action in, 590 yards passing on the season, three touchdowns of four interceptions. But then we saw him take another three-year stint where he was off, not on an NFL roster. Last season, he comes in for the New York Jets. He throws three touchdowns to one interception, a 99.7 QB rating. And then he goes to Baltimore in the same exact season in 2021, 
304 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception with them. So, I mean, he's kind of traveled around. I'd be intrigued to hear a little bit more about his story. I'm sure we're going to get a little bit of insight this week. I imagine there's some stories, some articles coming out in there, but now he is the backup quarterback to Russell Wilson, like you said. And I don't think that the expectations for him, Sarah, are very high, nor do they need to be. But I think that you're in a quarterback room now with Russell Wilson. I think that can only benefit Josh Johnson, but he's not also the other only quarterback in that room. Brett Rippon is back here with the Broncos organization here in 2022. And obviously we see the importance of holding three quarterbacks on the roster. Rippon is very well regarded within the organization, as we've discussed many times here on the show. But interesting enough here in terms of, you know, he's an athletic quarterback as well. So he might fit the scheme for exactly what, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, Justin Outen are looking for offensively but also just maybe in that locker room as well because he's a veteran presence alongside Russell Wilson. So, I mean, I don't think that this can hurt the Broncos in any way, shape, or form, but definitely interesting that Josh Johnson was the target here for the Broncos. I know there's some other options out there that maybe Broncos country would have liked to look in, maybe looking at the NFL draft in the later rounds for a younger guy, maybe to kind of mold behind Russell Wilson. But if Russ plans to play 10 to 12 more years, Sarah, it's not going to matter for the Broncos to look at quarterback this year or any year for maybe the next five years, barring anything tragic or you know unforeseen. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this is kind of an unassuming name, I suppose you could say. I mean, there's bigger names out there, like you mentioned. I mean, somebody like Andy Dalton, who's probably not going to get a starting gig this year, but certainly if your team signs him, that's like, oh man, I mean, Andy Dalton's <laughs> a pretty big name quarterback at this point. So uh, although he's, you know, at this, he's not the same guy that he once was helping the Bengals to the playoffs, but he's still Andy Dalton, I guess, by name. So, I mean, it's Josh Johnson is a different type of name. And I think the interesting thing about him, Cody, is, is that obviously playing in so many different offenses and different teams throughout the years, you definitely start to see coaches kind of pick this guy up you know, that I've known him in the past, right? And he dates all the way back. We were just looking it up before the show here. I mean, he was on John Gruden's Buccaneers back in 2008. So, and, and a few Broncos assistants on that staff as well. Ezero Evero, um, special teams coach Dwayne Stukes on that staff. So there might be some familiarity there, but then you even look back right just last year with the New York Jets, that San Francisco-based offense that they run there. It's going to be pretty similar, you know, and in a lot of ways to what we see from the Denver Broncos this year under Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen. So that schematic familiarity, I think, is a big thing at play here. Just the fact that Josh Johnson has been around. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's been to every professional league probably you could come up with, even ones you've probably never even heard of. He's probably played for them. So there's no offense that he hasn't hasn't seen, hasn't been around, and he is a really good athlete. I mean, at least back when he came out of the draft, he ran a 4.55 in the 40-yard dash, which is very, very good for the quarterback position. And so he's an athletic guy who's got obviously plenty of arm talent, and he can do whatever you need him to do. Like you mentioned, Cody, five touchdowns total last season compared to two interceptions. Looks like he had a really high completion percentage, too, in the games that he was able to play in, which he was called upon on short notice. I mean, it's not like he played in training camp for both of these teams, yeah. the Jets and the Ravens, right? So I kind of like that about him, that you can just kind of call on him to come in and get the job done. What do you think about this move here, Broncos country? Are you excited that Josh Johnson is the backup quarterback to Russell Wilson in Denver? We'll dive into that a little bit later on as the show progresses. We'll obviously see how things play out throughout the season here for this Broncos football team. But coming up here in just a moment, both Sarah Benninger and myself 
We're taking a look at the Broncos' newest addition at the linebacker position, and could this signify that the Broncos are done making moves at linebacker here in NFL free agency? We debate and we discuss that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. There's nine amazing flavors with the protein bar that you have there at Built.com today, plus the occasional limited time flavor like the churro puffs, which are my personal favorite. Sarah likes the banana cream puff. So you should try the puff flavor as well today at built.com. And if you need a little bit of extra fuel to get yourself through the day, to get yourself through a workout, well, Built Bar has you covered because each bar contains 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. That is tremendous value for a protein bar that contains 100% milk chocolate. The bars are also soft and they are easy to chew. So go to built.com today, see all the flavors, try a box, get your hands on one today. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use Promo code LOCK15, that's going to get you 15% off your next order today at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built.com. As we continue on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to work, you're having your cup of coffee, or you're working out, both Sarah Bennett and myself, you can always rely on us to have you covered with the latest around Dove Valley. What's going on at the Denver Broncos from an objective point of view we appreciate you turning your dials here first and obviously for watching us here on youtube hit that subscribe button once we get to 10k subscribers here on youtube we will be doing a live jersey giveaway to one lucky subscriber here on the youtube channel you have a chance to win a free russell wilson color rush jersey i'm excited about in broncos country we appreciate you for joining us for the ride here today sarah the broncos have made some of these under the radar type moves since the big acquisition of russell wilson we just talked about josh johnson as the backup quarterback for the broncos but also the Broncos this week, and they brought in a linebacker. Not necessarily the linebacker, I think everybody in Broncos country wanted. You know, we're talking about Bobby Wagner here that everybody in Denver wants. They bring in Alex Singleton coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles here, and obviously for him, he was a key special teams guy for them. He was obviously back-to-back years in Philadelphia, their leading tackler. Now, some interesting points here because our, our good friend Mike Klish says that he believes that he'll be the starter at the wheel linebacker position opposite of Josie Jewell, which – Sarah, I, you know, as much as I look at this movement, I think, okay, I think Singleton will be a really good addition for the Broncos, specifically as special teams, and maybe even in a rotational linebacker. Part of me is having a very hard time believing that the Broncos and George Payton doing everything that, you know, he's done so far to go out and get Baron Browning the way that he did. I have a very hard time believing that Baron Browning or even Jonas Griffith, for the matter, all of a sudden going to be sliding into a bench role. Baron Browning, probably more than likely the guy I think will start here. That's just my personal hunch. I want to know your thoughts about this, though, from Mike Kliss in terms of the vibe where Singleton may lie within the Broncos rotation here. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Well, you know, Cody, for me, when I initially read that he's going to, you know, plan on starting next to Josie Jewell, that I disagree with that, to be honest with you. I really hope that that's not the case, not because of Alex Singleton whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, if the guy goes out there and balls out, I mean, I mean, put him in the lineup. That's cool with me. But at the same time, like you mentioned, we went out and got Baron Browning in the third round of the 2021 NFL draft. And after injuries caused him to kind of get a shot last season he proved that he was worthy of a starting role in my opinion for the uh, for a full-time basis and in Mike Kliss's post about the signing of Alex Singleton he kind of thought you know with with what he had wrote it kind of sounds like he thinks they're planning on Baron Browning being a third down type of linebacker I don't know if that necessarily means putting him as a pass rusher or having him come out for coverage type situations 
it's it's something I think an issue that they have with Baron Browning's game against the run. Based on what I was gleaning from what Cliss was writing, it sounds like they have an issue with how Baron Browning plays against the run. To me, I feel like you've got to you got to figure out a way to teach this guy, right? You got to figure out a way to get him on the field and make sure that he's helping your team because he was a high draft pick. I mean, third round draft pick isn't necessarily a first round pick, but at the same time, the expectation level is that you could develop that guy into a starter, especially in the case of Baron Browning. So, to me, I would be I'd be really disappointed if Baron Browning wasn't a starter as long as the Broncos don't acquire somebody like you mentioned a Bobby Wagner type of player. I would hope that Baron Browning is in that starting lineup. Well, and I think Broncos country would be very disappointed as well. And, and I think you make a great point too. And, and I want to be very clear. Sarah and I are not, you know, harping on the signing like, oh, Alex Singleton, what is this? No, we're just talking about in terms of what we've had the expectation for Baron Browning because, Sarah, like you mentioned, injuries last season, we were able to see what Baron was able to do. And look, he's a young guy. He's raw. You can see the raw athleticism that he has but he's going to continue to grow as a player. And, and that's what you really want, right? Because it goes back to George Payton's philosophy. We want to draft players and we want to develop them. And we also want to get them to second contracts with the team here. And now, in my opinion, I think the devil's in the details. We talk about contracts. When you look at Alex Singleton's contract, Sarah, to me, this does not scream starter on the defense type contract here When in comparison when you have a guy like Baron Browning on the team. To me, I think that's a little bit more open for interpretation and analysis. You know, for example, I look at his role there, and yes, granted, he was obviously the Eagles' back-to-back guy. You can find a role for him on the defensive rotation. I mean, you absolutely can. However, I think that the Broncos' best-suited strategy here, and obviously Peter Hansen, the new inside linebacker coach for the Broncos, will have a lot to say in how this goes. But if Josie Jewell's back, we know he's going to be the starting Mike backer. There's no reason they brought him back just to, to ride the pine. He's going to be the starter at Mike. Will, it only makes sense that we see a lot more of – Baron Browning. But even like you mentioned, third down situations, passing situations, I feel like that's where we're going to see Jonas Griffith a lot more. I feel like the Broncos are going to platoon a lot on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, the contract just doesn't scream to me that Alex Singleton's going to come in and be the starting wheel backer next to Josie Jewell. For some reason, I just, I'm just not feeling it. It doesn't feel that way at all, right? I mean, Josie Jewell's getting 5.5 million per season. I think Alex Singleton, if I, if I remember correctly, Cody, it's barely 2 million, if even 2 million total in total money. So, I mean, that money talks, right? And I think that yeah. if, if anything, we kind of hope that Alex Singleton takes Josie Jewell's place on special teams. That would be great. Yes, Would please. love to see that. So, Josie, you can take special teams plays off. We'll give those rule those duties over to Alex Singleton here. But as we know the war on attrition in the NFL. You've got to have guys that can start for you. So I think what the, the overall overarching point here is that Alex Singleton can start for you. I mean, he's cap- he's a capable starter. Obviously, you know, and like we talk about the contract, he's very similar in age to Josie Jewell and his production is there the last two years like you mentioned the leading tackler for the eagles josie coming off the pectoral injury gets 5.5 million per year on a multi-year deal alex singleton gets roughly two million or less on a one-year deal so what does that what does that tell you i mean again money talks you've got to always kind of look at what these contracts are saying without actually saying it 
his contract does not say this is a definite starter in your defense. His contract says this is a guy we think can round out our roster and help us a lot on special teams. So now for the Broncos, I think we have to ask the question, does this take them out of the running for another inside linebacker free agent, in particular Bobby Wagner? I mean, sir, I think looking at the writing on the wall, probably so. That might be the case, especially as Denver has a lot more pressing needs right now. It seems like they're really focused on having a young nucleus at inside linebacker that features Josie Jewell, Baron Browning, Jonas Griffith, Justin Sternod, and now Alex Singleton. Realistically, what we've seen for the Broncos the last couple of years, they've kept five total linebackers, give you two starters, and then three guys that rotate on defense and special teams. You have those guys there. So more than likely, unfortunately for Broncos country, Bobby Wagner, barring something unforeseen, more than likely not coming to Denver. But Broncos country, keep your heads up. It's all right. The Broncos have a chance to reevaluate things as necessary, and nothing is ever final until you know the moves happen or there's a deadline and the Broncos cut it off there. I don't think that Denver's going to be done moving just yet, but it's probably not going to be at linebacker here. But what does that mean? Because several Broncos this weekend said they restructured their contracts to free up some cap space. What type of moves could be coming for the Broncos potentially this week? We dive into that coming up here in just a moment. But let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As we enter in the fourth quarter on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, so thrilled to have you here for another episode of the show, Lockdown Broncos. You get this every single day, Monday through Friday, every single weekday, because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. We have you covered all year long. For all the Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage you need, we appreciate your interaction, as always, in the comment section down below on YouTube and also on social media. Thank you so much. Sarah, the Broncos, could they be making some more moves this week in NFL free agency? I know Broncos country is eager, and they are hoping so. And you know what? A couple of players have restructured their deals a little bit, so it frees up some cap space for the Denver Broncos. And we're talking about two guys that got paid last season, and especially with the market now, obviously we talked about the bargain deal there. Now they get a little bit of extra bonus money in terms of converting their roster bonus over into a signing bonus. So now Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton get a little bit more of a payday here while also freeing up space here for this Broncos football team. What should we read into this in terms of maybe what the Broncos may or may not do? Well, I know, again, to bring up uh, our Nine News insider, Mike Kliss, you know, he said not to read much into it. He thinks that it's going to be utilized for draft picks, practice squad, injured reserve. The selfish the selfish person in me, Cody, wants to say, man, this has to mean something is coming, right? We know the Broncos need a corner, at least one. We know they need a right tackle. We know they need help at tight end. We know they need safety, and yes – the NFL draft. I get it. This is what people yeah. have been saying to me in tw on Twitter all day. But you always see this from NFL teams. Very rarely do you see NFL teams go into the NFL draft with an absolute glaring need unless they're planning on using like the number one pick on a quarterback or if they have the number one overall pick like the Jacksonville Jaguars do this year and they're saving a spot on the roster for somebody like Aiden Hutchinson. You know, the Broncos just aren't in that kind of a position, right? For George Payton, here's what you have to consider. Your first pick is pick number 64. And yeah, you could move up from there, but can you go into an NFL draft with pick number 64 being your top pick 
and some glaring needs still on your roster. I think that I don't, I don't think there's a chance in you know what that that's <laughs> happening. So I do think this move, these two moves to to give Sutton and and Patrick their bonuses up front, which also also indicates the Broncos have cash on hand, which is another argument that we've been having on Twitter for years. This shows that they are up to something, and I don't know what exactly it is. It could be a series of smaller moves. Could be one bigger move and then a couple of other really small moves. I don't know, but I think it does show they're up to something. Well, one thing George Payton said earlier this week is they're trying to bring back Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson. It's great to hear that in terms of years of the fan base, but also Kareem Jackson, I can say as well, like they, you know, I don't think he's heard much from his agent about what the Denver Broncos are doing. And I think a lot of it could be based on the safety market this year. And, and look at Anthony Harris, who really was kind of the, the chess piece move for Kareem Jackson last year. We saw the contract. He got the one-year $5 million. He got the same exact return, I believe, in Philadelphia returning here once again. So the same could be said for Kareem Jackson. Bryce Callahan, more than likely the option that will come back. I think it adds much-needed depth. I still think the Denver needs to add two cornerbacks in free agency. But, Sarah, it's like all these options are starting to come off the table. Dante Jackson over the weekend, he became an option that was off the table. You still have Stephon Gilmore, but there's rumor talks that he is trying to, you know, the, the Raiders are really pushing to sign him to a contract, which bodes not so great for the Broncos or the rest of the AFC West having that there. And then there's also the fact that Patrick Peterson's still a free agent. You don't know whether or not is he going to be a scheme fit. And then for some reason, Sarah, I've had Broncos fans comment on YouTube saying the Broncos have no cornerbacks outside of Patrick Sertan and that they have nobody opposite of him. Did we all of a sudden forget about Ronald Darby? There's a narrative out there that I've been seeing in the comments where they're like, oh, Darby's not good. I want to know where that's coming from because Darby was a good addition for the Broncos. And, yeah, you know what? He got banged up in that week one game, missed some time there. But, man, he was valuable. He struggled initially coming off, trying to work some of that rust off against Henry Ruggs. But after that, he played a stellar season down the stretch for the Broncos. I don't know where that narrative is coming from. Denver does need help inside the slot in the nickel because you have PS2, and, yes, you have Michael Ojemudia. Unless they want to move one of those guys to the nickel, I know that OJ was planning to play the, the nickel a little bit. There is that. But then you have a saying Bassey. You need a couple more options here, Sarah, because nothing is ever guaranteed, and that's just too little cornerback depth to head into potentially training camp with. Denver needs to make some more moves here, and I, and I hope cornerback's one of them. Now, I know right tackle was another move that people wanted the Broncos to make, and it was like, hey, Lyle Collins, Lyle Collins. Well, there was a report that suggested Denver was heavily in on him, and then it came out from, obviously, Benjamin Albright, came out from Mike Kliss. The Broncos really weren't in on Lyle Collins, so it just goes to show that they didn't believe that he was going to be a scheme fit for maybe what they wanted to do. Where does that leave the team now, Sarah, in your opinion? What names are out there that the Broncos should look at at right tackle, or are they going in with Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson? Well, that's a little scary, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. That may just be me. I may not have enough faith in Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson as I should. I feel like those guys are great to have on your roster in terms of if our starter gets hurt, these guys could step in and do a good job. To me, those aren't necessarily guys that you say, these are our starting candidates. Like, look at last year, for example, Bobby Massey and and uh, Cam Fleming, obviously getting signed to the one-year contracts, worth about a total of, I think, somewhere just over $7 million or something like that. Again, money talks, right? So Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson will make, at a maximum this year, a combined, I believe, roughly $5 million dollars. So is that what you're paying your starting right tackles combined? And maybe they are trying to go with a budget-friendly options there. Maybe they feel like Tom Compton or Calvin Anderson, they're such good scheme fits 
that the price isn't going to necessarily matter. They're going to be good fits. But I think the attention now has to turn to Billy Turner. We've talked about him a couple yeah. of times, obviously cut from the Green Bay Packers with the failed physical. But I did read something today, Cody, from a Green Bay reporter that said he's still expected to be okay in the near future. So maybe that was really just a, an excuse for them to kind of clear that cap space because we know they wanted to re-sign their other guys. And, and so I think Billy Turner's a name that makes a lot of sense based on the guys that he's worked with in recent years. He'd be returning to Denver, obviously, where he played previously and did a good job at the guard position before getting moved to right tackle permanently in Green Bay. So I, I think that that's an option. And there's other options out there that aren't necessarily as exciting. You got people talking about, will Dwayne Brown make a switch from the left tackle position to the right tackle position? I, I don't I don't think you're going to teach the 37-year-old left tackle, lifetime left tackle, the new trick of playing on the right side. I think he's earned the right to probably finish his career at left tackle if that's what he if he wants to keep playing right so um there's there's plenty of names out there but a lot of them it would require a position switch or it would require a leap of faith like a guy like trenton brown i know you and i've talked about him cody yeah. it seems like it's hard to keep him motivated or does he really love football and is it just the fact that he succeeds only in new england or what i don't know what the deal is with him but the Broncos are in another pickle at right tackle, in my opinion. I don't think you can go into the NFL draft even with these two guys that they have. And I don't necessarily think George, uh, George Payton would do that either. But I guess we'll see. He surprised me already with not being in on the tight end market, really, which has been very team-friendly, very favorable to the teams, um, especially when you look at my guy O.J. Howard signing for less than $5 million with the, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that that hurts a little bit, to be honest with you. But um, th they've surprised me a little bit up to this point, the Randy Gregory signing. I didn't think that was an option. So uh, maybe they'll surprise all of us and keep these two tackles going into the draft. Will we be surprised this week? What other moves could the Denver Broncos make? Broncos country, let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube what moves you'd like the Broncos to make. Let's be realistic about it, too. You can't go out and get every big-name guy, but who would be good fits for the team? Could the Broncos be looking to bring back Bryce Callahan and, as I threw out over the weekend, potentially Chris Harris Jr. on top of that? There is a possibility that does become a little bit of a chance here for the Broncos here this week. We'll wait to find out, and we'll wait to see a little bit more as things play out. But you can turn all your coverage here for all things Denver Broncos here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We appreciate you so much. If you're a brand-new viewer, listener, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss out on a day's work of Denver Broncos news content coverage. But when anything happens in Dove Valley, you know the Sarah Benninger myself. We got you covered with our thoughts on all things Denver Broncos here. We include you, Broncos country. And with that said, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride.